0: And you should also comment about whether or not Lindsay's been a lying bitch to me for the last several months. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are back for our decade wrap up, yes, part two, part the electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so part two is all about visual. So yep. We'll be covering... So we did last episode was sound medium. This episode is visual medium. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be covering TV and movies today. Yes. Um. And like general, our wrap up will be like yeah. general things that went on. Yep. Um, Before we get to that, we'll get into the beer. Um, As you know, we're skipping our usual music corner and binge watch update. update. Because this is more important. Let's do it. Cool. So this week we are drinking a beer um, from a brewery called Phase 3 Brewing Company. Um, I feel like part of the reason we picked this beer or this um, this brewery is because Phase 3 is kind of blowing up in Chicago right now. They've been like the big up and coming brewery this year. Yeah. So when they're it's they're hot. Yeah, they're, they're hot. real hot right now. Um so, so hot right now. Just a cancel. Um we have their oatmeal milk stout called Warmest Wishes. Uh it's seven point three percent. Um it's got like a metalized label, it's pretty.
1: Um, Looks
0: sorta Christmassy. Yeah, it's Christmassy. It has got like triangles that are supposed to be like trees and whatnot. It's got lots of triangles It's got a lot of triangles um, What's interesting with their artwork in general is pretty minimalist It's it usually is. just like the name of the beer And then like a, a very, very tiny, tiny icon Yeah. So thing. this is probably the most involved Label of theirs that I've seen uh, so far Yeah I would agree um, They're still experimenting Their stouts they tend to do stuff that's a little more out there yeah. And then their IPAs are all the silver right. pans And they're more known for their IPAs um, They got some good stouts though Yeah Hopefully this is one of them, because neither of us have had this. No, I was just at the store and they are like, try it. So let's crack this open yes. um, and try it. So this pour is like really, really dark. It's pretty thick. Um, How many C's does it look like? It Like as I was pouring it, it looked like a good two, two to three. three. Yeah. yeah. It looked like fucking like tar coming out of there. It smells delicious though. It's got a nice like chocolate smell. Yeah. Aroma, right. is I guess the term? Ooh, that's nice. It's very light for the way it pours. It's a 2C when you drink it. Yeah, um, it's not like nearly as thin as a breakfast stout, but it's not as like thick or it heavy. It looked like it was going to be a lot thicker based on the yeah. pour we were doing. Um, it's not as heavy as like a dessert stout by any no. means, but it is still like a sweet milk stout. Yeah, it's sweet for sure. Milk, sugar, and oats is what is in here. Yeah. Um, there is like a bitterness there, and I think it's, I believe they use like semi-sweet chocolate in it. I get a little bit of a bitterness on top of that sweetness, which is kind of a nice balance where it's not too sweet, but there's a bitterness to cut it. It almost reminds me of like dark chocolate. Yeah. Almost like a semi-sweet or a dark. Yeah, I get that. To give the bitterness. It's good though. It's like creaminess from the oatmeal. Yep. Cool. Um, sweet. So I'm gonna say roasty because it kind of reminds me of like a coffee-ish yeah. flavor. I'm not sure exactly where that comes from. No, that's nice, like a roasted malt. Yeah. 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 Um, I would say creamy because it's got the oatmeal creamy texture. Yeah. And sweet from the milk the milk sugar. I'm gonna say um, roasted as well, um, creamy as well. And then I think I'm gonna use chocolate um, nutmeg. What else could I throw out there to throw you off? <laughs> and then I'm going to say chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice balance with the chocolate because you do get like the, the sweetness and the bitterness from that chocolate. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, let's get into the episode. Let's do it. Um, so let's start with movies. And then go to TV? Yes. Okay. Um, before we, let like, go into so much of our research, what would you consider to be the biggest movie of the decade? Avengers Endgame. I think that's, that is the highest um, grossing one, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, like, I mean, a huge crossover. Um, it was, I mean, it was a good movie. Not, like, cinematically, like... No like noticeable. It was a good it was a good entertaining movie. I still haven't seen it. Um yeah, I would say Avengers. Um but that doesn't necessarily mean it's my favorite movie. I just think that that's like, no, the that biggest is movie. the biggest movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would probably say so either the first Avengers yeah. from twenty twelve or get out. Yeah, I mean Get Out was huge. Um I don't know. I feel like it's more like summer blockbusters that are like really they're defined. the big ones. Yeah. yeah. On that note, though, I actually did want to talk about this. Let's um, get into it. Let's go. I feel like the 2010s was the decade of the franchise. Yeah, there were a lot of franchises. There we were th- a lot of like huge cinematic universes that were created, or that wrapped up, or that wrapped up. Yeah, because if you think about it, Harry Potter ended in 2011. Yep. The Avengers started, in, well, and well, MCU, MCU started really, like, at the its, end. Yeah. Of the early 2000s, but then it really kind of became yep. this big cemented thing. Yeah, we got the Star Wars um, franchise, like the new franchise. Yeah. Um, there was a ton of young adult
1: franchises. The, yeah, we
0: have DC franchises coming out. um john wick franchise when did the first john wick come out um like 2012 that sounds i think it was around then it was definitely after 20 yeah. oh i know it's after 2010 i just didn't know i think um we just had a bunch of franchises come out and it was like it's really interesting because it was a lot less original movies like original scripts and i think that's why you like and why you would say like get out get out because it was it's an original of, yeah because we also saw it wasn't a, an adaptation. It yeah, wasn't we saw a lot a of adaptations or reboots, or reboots or sequels yeah. or yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. That's yeah. this was honestly like the decade of the rebooted story. Oh yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that. Yeah, um, it was just a very. It feels like a very unoriginal decade. Yeah, but like the originality that we did have was incredible. Yeah. Stuff they did well, anyways. Yes, agreed. Um, <clears throat> so the first line that you have on here is Fast and the Furious series. So uh, how many Fast and the Furious movies did we actually get this decade? What are we on like eight, nine, seven, nine, ten? Well, there was there was a new one this year, but that was like a off. No, the one... Hobbs this, and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw is like a spin-off. Yeah. It's not like... Yeah, yeah. Roman Reigns. It's not Raines. the original... Roman Reigns is in that. He's a wrestler. So there are nine of the main films, and there are... at one spin-off. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't read. I'm thinking nine total. So there are eight original movies in the main saga, and there's one spin-off. Is Tokyo Drift part of that? Is that part of the main saga? Uh think so yeah that's number three okay so this decade we got four of the main series plus Hobbs and Shaw yeah isn't there a new one coming out well next next year I'll be the next yeah. one so we got five Fast and the Furious franchise movies this year that's so many um Five for a decade is a lot because, like, what was it? Twenty eleven, twenty thirteen, twenty fifteen, twenty seventeen, twenty nineteen. Like yeah. every two years, that's crazy.
1: These um, there are so even,
0: many of these damn movies. I don't even know what they're about anymore. Like, I don't mean I also don't care, but you know what I do care about: family, family and kids. forever. <laughs> They got their own ride this decade. They did get their own ride. There was a fucking amusement park ride about this damn movie franchise. And they say family and forever. I mean, they don't, but we do. No, they say family forever a lot. And then, like, the logo says... Well, family. Well, family. Um... The next note you have on here um, is Wonder Woman, which I think we should go into Marvel first. Okay, well and I just then... made a bunch of notes. So no, they're yeah, not that's in fine. Good order. Um, let's talk Marvel movies. Yeah, here we go. Twenty tens. We got Iron Man two, Thor, Captain America: The First Avenger, The Avengers, Iron Man three, Thor: Dark World, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers: Age of Ultron, Ant Man. Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Captain Marvel, and then Avengers Endgame. Um, and then like 45,000 other TV shows. A bunch of Marvel. other spin-off TV shows. Um, which I don't know why I've said Wonder Woman, so let's talk about Marvel. <laughs> That's DC, but... <laughs> well, Marvel's more important. Yeah. Um, we got an insane... Assload of Marvel movies. There were so many. So there many. were so many. So many Marvel movies. Um, some were good. Some were not. Some were amazing. Yeah. Um, favorite so- favorite Marvel movie of the decade. I guess in general, because they've really only but there's only two movies that didn't come out this decade. Um. It's between Ragnarok and Black Panther. I was gonna say Guardians of the Galaxy or Black Panther. Ragnarok is so funny. Yeah, Ragnarok is good. Um, Taika Waititi. Yeah. Um. So on that note, like we got a lot of female-fronted superhero movies, which was kind of cool. So we got. Uh, I'm sorry. Which which ones did we get? Beyond Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. So we got two female-fronted, <laughs> which is a lot. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Um, we got two female-fronted superhero, superhero, superhero movies, which movies. honestly, like, it kind of is a big deal. I mean, I'm here for it. And they also, were, they did, oh, I don't know about Captain Marvel, but, like, Wonder Woman did really well, Captain which is, like, really well. it just goes to show that, like, people are, like, people are willing to see female-fronted superhero movies, and that was kind of an argument for why they didn't ever, they hadn't done one. Well, Wonder Woman was a big deal, especially because it was a female director as well. Right. Um, but there was also arguments saying that, like, People don't really want to go. Guys don't want to watch like female fronted superhero no, movies. No, but girls will come out and watch female fronted superhero yeah, and movies. So, and will actually, guys, yeah. so will guys. Um, so that was cool. And Wonder Woman was a phenomenal movie. I um, loved Wonder Woman. Yeah, it was great. Very well done. I would argue that Wonder Woman as a film is better than most of the Marvel movies that came out this decade. Yes, I would agree with that. But Wonder Woman was kind of like a standalone, like exception for the uh, the DC, the DC universe. universe. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So the DC universe kind of sucks. Because, I mean, if you think about it, they brought us Ben Affleck as Batman, which nobody asked for. So this decade from DC, we had a lot less. And you also have to remember that a lot of these movies don't overlap the same way the Marvel ones do. Yeah, they will... just started, like, really creating their universe. So we had Man of Steel in 2013, Batman vs. Superman... Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Aquaman, and then Shazam. I didn't know Shazam was a Shazam's DC Yeah, Shazam's a DC character. Um, and then there's and a ton coming in the next decade, but yeah. DC I would almost argue had a bigger year. And we'll circle back on this, but I'll have to make a comment now. I think DC had a bigger decade for TV. Yeah. Than, for, than Marvel did, where I think Marvel had a bigger hand in the movie world this decade than TV. Hence why Marvel has shut down their TV department. Yeah. I mean, and while we're on the subject, there was also the fiasco with Netflix mm-hmm. and Disney Plus mm-hmm. um, that I think caused Marvel to shut down the TV department because Disney's taking it over. Yeah, but I also think that in general, like... DC had done such a good job building their extended universe through their TV shows yeah. that all, all overlap where yeah. Marvel did that. In I mean, their Marvel movies. took a chance on Agents of SHIELD and like I think I mean people liked it. I think it just didn't do as well. Agents of SHIELD actually did really well. But like not like people didn't really watch it. Too like it, it connected the I mean, like, we it, didn't watch it. I know a lot of people that watched it. Yeah, I don't. Because it connected the universe. Yeah. That's exactly why they watch yeah, it. Yeah, no, I I don't know that many people that watch it to be honest. I mean, the final season's coming out beginning of January. Got it. Um, oh, I think one Marvel movie we do have to talk about that isn't considered part of the original MCU is Into the Spider Verse. Yes, um, I think I in general, movie was so good. We should talk about Spider Man because okay, Spider Man as a character is owned by Sony. Yes, not Marvel. Correct. Um, so it's really interesting how they've, like, created this partnership together to bring Spider-Man into the MCU. Yes. And obviously, like, in the 2010s, we had, um, Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man. In the early 2000s, we had, um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire is still my Spider-Man. And then, in the two- early, late 2010s, we had Tom Holland as the MCU Spider-Man. So, Um, what do you think about the fact alone, like, obviously we've had two Spider-Mans this decade. Um, I think it's, what I think is interesting is that by, by bringing it back into the MCU, they did a better job of, like, maintaining that character and telling the the story of that character. I also kind of liked that they didn't give us the same origin story Mm -hmm. over and over. Like, when they moved from the 2000 Sam Raimi Spider-Man to the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, they like restarted it all over. Yeah. But then when we came into the MCU days that we're in now, they didn't give us the full backstory. No, Spider-Man they kind of came in in the movie and then they told his story moving forward. Right. They haven't don't don't given you a backstory. I don't need to see Uncle Ben die every two years, you yeah. know? Like. They haven't given you his backstory. They haven't yeah. shown him getting, get bitten by a spider. They're just no. kind of like, this is Spider-Man. Everybody fucking knows Spider-Man. I'm yeah. Just, let's, let's go. go. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting way they went about doing it, and I like it a lot because I'm honestly tired of seeing the same Spider-Man story over and over and over again. I am too. The interesting thing about that, though, is um, they keep aging him down. Yeah, so they, they age him down. Aunt May is like so young. They keep they continuously have like aged down the actor as well as like the character itself, right.
1: and Which, like the characters around them. So like yeah. Aunt
0: May is in her forties. Yeah and not like 60 years old. No, like she may be in her 30s. Like she seems super young. She's very young. Um but let's go into into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I I into the Spider-Verse is my favorite portrayal of Spider-Man this decade by far. I would agree. Um it was really well done. And it was it was done differently. Well it's obviously it's not your traditional animation style. No, I really enjoyed that. It was just really cool to watch. It was. Visually it was pretty incredible to watch like the three dimensional animation yeah. but also like the fact that it looks like a comic book like overlaid. And there was also some characters that felt very much 2D still. Yep. On top of the three D animation they were yeah. using. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just like your run of the mill animated movie. It was like everything was done with some kind of thought in yeah. it. Um, and they took the medium that they were capturing the story in, and, like they put that into play as well. Yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, Into the Spider Verse I think was just a super fun story in general mm-hmm. with like all of the Spider Mans coming together. And it was very there was there was some very tongue in cheek jokes. Oh yeah, where like it, a lot of it was, of was around Spider Pig. Right, but it was also ham. very self-aware of, like, it was very self-aware and, like, kind of pandered a little bit. Like, there was, the Cage had a character in it. Um, and that's you what know. I mean by, like, pandering. Like, it, it knew. They, they didn't also, know Also, John they, Mulaney was one of them. Right. So, like, they, they didn't knew know it, when they, they were like, getting it. Exactly. And at the very end, there was, like, the spider, like, the Spider-Man pointing at each other. Yeah. Um... Yeah, they know who their crowd is and they like played up to it and I appreciate that. Like it's not like I don't know, it's It was a different take on yeah. the Spider-Man origin story. I'd say so. With Miles. Yeah. So loved it. That's the best Spider-Man this decade by far. Agreed. We got um New Star Wars trilogy. So actually it's really Very funny. Topical. So the day we're recording this, the final Yes. segment of the trilogy has come out in the theaters. Um, which I actually think is really interesting um, I don't know if you've seen any aggregate scores. I've seen some rough reviews. Um, it has earlier this morning I looked it had a 53 on Metacritic and it was officially the worst rated Star Wars movie to come out since Phantom Menace Phantom Menace is bad um, which is crazy I mean we haven't seen it yet. We have not we're not going to talk about it, it obviously we're going to talk about the franchise we're going to talk about the franchise but um uh, I'm seeing it in 2 days. So I don't care for this franchise. As you may all know, we've talked about this. It's not my favorite of the franchises, but I do love me some Adam Driver. I know. That's mostly why I like it. At this I point. just think that they Honestly, Disney if they had kept J.J. J. Abrams on the whole time, it would have been amazing. But the fact that they gave some other asshole the second movie and he totally ruined it, and now J.J.'s coming back to Disney fix like it. Disney is putting their hands in everything. Because, like, we've talked about Marvel. Disney owns that. They own Star Wars at this point. They have their hands own in Jeff Goldblum at this point. <laughs> they have their hands in two of the biggest franchises of the 2010s. Yeah, of all time and of the 2010s specifically. Um, and the MCU is fine. It's getting, I don't know, like... I think they're going to have an interesting evolution over the next decade from where they are now. That they're really going to have to branch off. Them having their hand in Star Wars and, like, literally just... They're just fucking pumping out Star Wars at this point. Well, I think they're done with that for now. It almost makes it feel a little bit less special. I think that's a fair argument. Because, like... We've had almost had a Star Wars movie every year since we have uh, the like Force Awakens came out. We, we, we had uh, Rogue One. We had the Solo movie, and then this year we had the Mandalorian, which is obviously yeah. a TV show, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, my issue is that like up until Disney bought Star Wars in the not ni- in the 90s, we just had the original trilogy, um, and then. In the 2000s, we had the prequels. Yeah. And those were, like, six movies that you had for the longest time, and then all of a sudden, like, Disney bought Star Wars, and they're just fucking pumping it out. And that's what I mean by, like, it makes it feel less special, because, like, there was so long, and depending when you became a fan, it's it's different, but um, there was a very long period of time where there wasn't much to watch, and now there's, like, a bookshelf worth of fucking Star Wars at this point, and that's yeah. why it's less special. Yeah, I think so I've, I've been overexposed at this point almost. I I understand that argument. Um I think that it almost the the specialness got diminished a little bit because of all of these side shoot-off movies. Mm-hmm. I think that if we had just had the trilogy the trilogy that came out and like maybe Rogue One, I can get, I liked Rogue One, so I can get on board with yeah, that. Yeah, I can get on like, Rogue One. The solo origin story, they were working on a Boba Fett story. Yeah. And then I liked the Mandalorian as a side, totally unrelated mm-hmm. story, but we'll come back to that. Um, but I, I see your argument. There's yeah. Just been, and especially because like the solo movie was so bad. It was badly done beyond Donald Glover being amazing. And that's my thing with Disney is, like, I feel like they take these franchises and they just throw as much as they can out. It's like, like gave some teenager a bunch of Red Bull and told him to just, like, give a bunch of ideas. So Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Netflix model. Like, let's yeah. throw 45 things at the wall and see what sticks. Um, And that's my problem with, like, Star Wars. And, I mean... It's not worse than the prequels by any means. It's just not great. It doesn't feel great anymore. Like the new trilogy, it's fine. I, again, I still stand by what I stand by. If J.J. Abrams was doing all three yeah. and the storyline had and changed trying to fix so it. drastically between the first and the second where the second director, Ryan Johnson, just like scrapped everything that was built up in the first movie and then now J.J. J. Abrams is back to like rewrite the entire story. So yeah. I, I've heard the biggest complaint has been it's so much exposition mm-hmm. because obviously they have like an entire second movie that makes no sense now. Right. There's an entire second movie that like closed the plot essentially. And like, we've talked about how like up at like at the end of the second movie, I have no idea where mm-hmm. no. what's even happening. Nope. Like, where they, what's, I don't know what's going on. Nope. Um, it's like he created, he had to create a new trilogy and end it within one movie. Yeah. Um, And like they don't fit together and that's I think that's really that's what the issue is that they're not cohesive they're very standalone and as much as I may hate the prequels they still like they're they work together cohesive yeah they tell the same fucking story right but one and two tell completely different stories Two just fucking ends it and then three has to start somewhere and end somewhere and that's I think that's the issue yep. Um, so we'll see how that goes in the next few weeks. And yeah, we I mean, look obviously it's going to make Wars. a ton of money, but... Oh, yeah. But I'm I'm interested to see in the next few weeks how we, like, look back on Star Wars as a whole this decade. Yeah, I agree. Because, obviously, this is the end. Right. And if we're at the end of the decade, the end of the yeah. year. Like, we don't really have the time to, like, reflect on it throughout the year. Oh, I We agreed. do, for, like, Avengers... For not even entire, entire that. fucking year to like sit down and like think about it. Well, not even just that, but um, like looking back, obviously we hate the prequels, but at the time, do we hate them? No. It's I, more I like, only hate. I still only hate the one. The Phantom Menace. Yep. The others are um, fine. Yeah, they're fine. But that's the point. Like they're fine. Nobody. We didn't really hate it at the time. It's kind of like history wrote it. We the history speaks that we hate it because it's bad, but it's like. Over time, we realized it was bad. So, like over time, are we gonna realize these are bad, or over time as we keep rewatching it, like is there gonna we're gonna, gonna be, be okay with them? Yeah. yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion point. Um, on to Harry Potter. Yay, my so favorite. We finished um, the
1: Deathly Hollows Part
0: One came out in 2010. Yeah. Part Two came out in 2011. We finished then- Harry Potter um, original series, like the books. Yep. Um, in the early 2010s, and then we got Fantastic Beasts. Do you remember how excited you were the day they made an announcement that they were going to make another Wizarding World movie? I remember being insanely excited, and that it was just going to be one movie at the time. It was just going to be yeah, like just an gonna adaptation be a yeah. of Fantastic Beasts, and then like J.K. Rowling like randomly tweeted, she's like, "Oh, it's actually going to be a trilogy." And just then, kidding! Like, it's actually going to actually, be five. actually be five movies. Um, I am excited and not excited about it at the same time. The fantastic, the first Fantastic Beast movie was fantastic, as the title says. <laughs> um, I loved it. I loved it, and I think, and we've, I think we've talked about this in general, where like it's more relatable to adults because we're actually seeing adults, yeah. And it's easy to love it. Oh yeah. Um, the second one, Crimes of Grindelwald, was fine. It was fine. Um, I worry that it's going to like follow a downward trend, because like, how are you doing five movies? I don't even know what the plot line is going to be enough no, to make five What's the out of source it. material at this point? Like, this is all just total fiction and like yeah, not based off like, of anything. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, time will tell. We'll probably, at this rate, because we're not getting one to, what, 2021? 2020 or 2021, yeah. Um, at this rate, so it'll be like 2030 by the time it fucking ends. I think that's almost the assumption we've been operating on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this will expand two decades, essentially. Um, We'll see I'm excited I mean so far I'm still on the Up train For Fantastic Beasts Mm -hmm. I like it I think it's a cool concept The franchise is cool Eddie Redmayne Does a good job Agreed I agree with that Um, I'm excited To see where they go with it Yeah I haven't written it off. I'm not going to write yeah, it off. Yeah, I haven't yet. written it off yet. I'm a little um, to the point where I'm almost writing off Star Wars, but, like, I I'm am, not I at have the not... point where J.K. Rowling needs to stop tweeting random tidbits of knowledge about Harry Potter that nobody needs like, to Like, way know. outside of it canon, yeah. Yeah. Like, just... <laughs> well, there was, like, a meme about it that was, like... Before wizards or before muggles invented toilet paper, wizards used to just magic their poop away. No, <laughs> it was before running water. They talked oh, that's about what it was. That's that's what was. A, like, nobody needs to know that, JK Rowling. Really. Nobody that matters. That. Nobody's asking that. Um, it is very entertaining, but also nobody's asking that. Yeah, these are not questions. <laughs> nobody me. asked for this, JK. Yeah, so I think this is probably the last franchising that we'll cover, um, but at least major franchise, yeah, overview. But in um, like the late 2000s, early 2010s, we had a huge um, like upsurge in young adult movies. So me, when we say that, we mean like movies based off of young adult novels, right? Adaptations, yeah Um, because we obviously mentioned the Harry Potter franchise wrapped up if you think about it the Twilight film franchise was starting to wrap up at that point I think we got Eclipse in 2010 I think so and then we had the two after that Um, Uh, there was also Hunger Games that franchise uh, the Divergent series came out Maze Runner came out Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, I forgot about that. um, Golden Compass. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Yes. um, The Aragorn series. uh, Spider-Whip Chronicles. Like, there was really a time when, like, young adult fiction into movies was huge. And a lot of that started in the late 2000s and carried on through the first half of the decade. Right. And the reason that we bring this up is because that, like, just all of a sudden died. I would argue as soon as Hunger Games wrapped, yeah. that was the end. Yeah, so the Divi- Divergence tri- Yeah, so the Divergence trilogy was never finished. Nope. Maze Runner was never finished. Percy, Percy Jackson, Jackson was never, never finished. finished. Crown of Narnia never finished. Aragorn, Aragorn, never, Aragorn finished. never finished. Um, Most of these were never Lulu finished. Compass never finished. Um if you think about it, there's been a huge sh- drastic shape in what we've seen be successful in these young adult adaptations. Mm -hmm. It's no longer the franchise, dystopian future kind of story anymore. It's now become things like um, The Fault in Our Stars was super successful. Like Paper Towns was super successful. Um, 13's Reasons Why was super successful. I I guess it was a TV show. But yeah, no, it's like drama adaptations. Like young adult series, less Less fantasy, science like fiction, drama-based yeah. romance. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, I would argue, that's been the big shift, and the young adult success has been more of this like romance. Yeah, shape young adult romance rather than the fiction. Yep, like the fantasy. Yeah. I agree, um, which is really, really interesting because um, we were part of the generation that was into the fantasy teen yes. novel. Yes. So it's I, for me, I, I can't still get into these <laughs> yeah. younger. ones. I would still prefer. Makes me feel super old, but like I just also can't it makes get me feel it. super creepy, like watching like high schoolers. Yeah, that like, too. Date and fall in love. Yeah. Um, not. a, not a fan. <laughs> I'm gonna keep rewatching Harry Potter. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um so moving off of um franchises, we got Inception in twenty ten. I like oh, that was that a movie huge is deal. so good. It that was. movie was so groundbreaking on the amount of technology that went into like filming that, it was insane. Yeah. Um and it was like a fantastic it's one of those like rare original movies. This movie is beyond original. Like I don't well, even like, understand original story is what but I But mean. like I don't even understand how someone came up with this idea for this movie. It is so insane. This movie is so good. It came to them in a dream. Within a dream. Within a dream. Within, Within a dream. A dream. <laughs> um <laughs> So I guess as we can just Continue going on to the more original movies that came out this year. So Inception was huge. Um, I remember everyone being just fucking obsessed with it. I'm still fucking obsessed with it. Yeah, movie. I know. it's still a good movie. I still watch it. Um, but also, like, was he in a dream at the end or not? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, do you think it was real? Or do you think it was a dream? I don't really have an opinion to be honest. Um, I think it was a dream. Okay. Well, there you go. That's your, opi- that's your opinion. <laughs> what do you think? I think it was a dream. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all a dream. We're living in a simulation, man. Birds aren't real. Um, we had the duck which was a huge... Um, that was, I think, one of the first extremely successful original horror stories directed by a female. Yep. Agreed. That movie is so good. But even better than the movie itself is the aftermath of the movie. Yep. How Netflix accidentally put it, well, accidentally as far as we know, they put it under LGBTQ movies mm-hmm. on Netflix. And so now the Duke is a gay icon. He is a gay icon. We got Get Out and Us, um, so Jordan Peele doing horror, and Jordan Peele obviously known for comedy. Yeah, decided to make horror essentially, his new thing. I actually think that a lot of the original movies we got were horror movies. So like, a lot of the more Interesting ones. Yeah, a lot of them more like, well done. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. like, a thriller of some sort. Yes. Whether it be a horror movie or not. Like... Yeah. I mean, Inception was more of, like, a drama, but it was a sick adventure movie. Yeah. And Get Out and Us were, like, the. they were both, like, the first time that we've really seen black-centric horror movies that were really, like... Commercially and, like, just commercially successful and, like, widespread success. Yeah. We, I have a note here that I wrote um, that says, remember how much we all loved Bridesmaids, 2011? And then Stephanie wrote, because it's hilarious. I mean, it's good. <laughs> Bridesmaids <laughs> was good. Bridesmaids, I still quote that. Yeah. I still quote Bridesmaids, which is funny. Yeah, Bridesmaids was really, really good. Yeah, it was. Um... That was, I think, one of the first times that we see Kristen Wiig in a setting outside of SNL. Yeah, I feel like I don't remember um, her doing anything beyond SNL. Up until Tarantines. that point, yeah. And same with Maya Rudolph, and now we see them kind of everywhere. Um, I have a gaunt girl and the resurgence of psychological thrillers, so... I mean, that kind of plays into what we got when we were talking about Jordan Peele mm-hmm. with Get Out and Us. Yeah, so, like more of so a we got Gone Girl, The Girl on the Train, um... There's some other ones, but, like, that was really, um... Gone Girl was so good. Gone Girl was fucking... I hated it, and I loved it the same. Yeah. I felt physically sick yeah. Yeah. after watching Gone Girl, and I loved it. I hated the feeling, but I loved the fact that it did that to me. Oh, yeah, that movie did a like, really good job. It made me feel awful. So, like, I really fucking disgusting. I didn't make a note about it, but I actually think it's super relevant to that same topic. It's, like, um... Hereditary is one of those movies that, like, makes you... There was a couple movies this decade that, like, you physically felt ill watching. And they're, like, these really intense psychological movies. So, like, obviously we've all seen, like, splatter porn. But, like, the movies we got this decade that psychologically just fuck with you. Mm -hmm. Like, Midsummer did that. Get Out did that. Nocturnal Animals did that. Oh, I forgot about that one. Wasn't Nightcrawler this decade too?
1: The I Jake Jill so, movie. Yeah. That really yeah.
0: fucked me up. Um, but yeah, no, the psychological thrillers this year or this decade, um, there are a lot of them that make you physically ill. Yeah. Um, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Just the um, sheer number is actually what makes it most impressive. Yeah. Um, I just want to quickly talk about John Wick. It's my personal favorite, like, smaller franchise. Um, But, I kind of want to talk about this just because, like, I feel like in the 2010s, like, the obsession with Keanu Reeves has been insane. Out of control. Um, he's everywhere, too. Like, he kind of died off after The Matrix, and then, Mm -hmm. like, John Wick, like, he was in smaller things, and, like... He was in a lot of other small things. He was in a lot of other small things, and, like, one-off things, but then the John Wick movies came out, and he kind of blew up again. Um, and... I don't know. I mean, the internet is, like, obsessed with him, and I'm okay with that, because he's wonderful and I love him. Um, before we move on, though, I do have a list of the best movies of the decades, according, according to Thrillist. Oh. No. Okay. So, in 2010, it's The Social Network. Um, did you ever see that? I did. I barely remember it, though. I never saw it. Um, Jesse Eisenberg, Yeah. all I have to say. Justin Timberlake, yeah. Andrew Garfield. Doesn't Andrew Garfield play twins? No. I thought he did. Who plays twins in that movie? I don't know their name. Someone plays twins in that movie. Hold on. I gotta know. I don't think Andrew Garfield's in that movie. I thought he was. I don't think so. Oh, it's Army Hammer. Plays twins. Anyways. <laughs> totally not relevant, but okay. 2011, uh, it was Bridesmaids. Yep. Um, which I would agree with. Yes. 2012, it's Zero Dark Thirty. Um, I actually never saw that. I don't even know what that is. I don't either. Never saw that one. 2013 um, is Spring Breakers. And I have a note that says, why is it? And I looked at multiple lists, and this made almost every this single movie This movie's list. insane. Have you seen this movie? No. Oh, my God. This movie is insane. I, I saw not. it in theaters. I actually Googled, why are people obsessed with Spring Breakers, <laughs> to try and understand it. Um, and it's just like This is a It's more of like The fact that it's a Commentary on society Than it is like To be taken at face, face value Oh yeah this movie Is not meant to be Taken at face value um, 24- But also this was like Peak crazy James Franco That's true Which <laughs> is the other Big deal <laughs> That is true 2014 The Lego movie um, Which I Understandable Yeah understandable Love That it. was a good movie Love it 2015 Tangerine Never heard of it Okay so this one's Really cool So this is actually About transgender women And the entire thing Was shot in an iPhone Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. That is impressive. It's very cool. Um, 2016 is Arrival. Is that the Amy Adams movie? I don't know. Yes. That's the Amy Adams, um, Jeremy Renner movie. Is like that space. the alien movie? Yeah. Okay. S- kind of. Um, 2017 is Get Out. Of course. Agreed. 2018 is Minding the Gap, um, uh, which I actually watched the first time, like, three or four days ago. Really? Yeah. Have you seen it? No. It's not um, what it is. It's actually shot, so it follows skateboarders in Rockford, Illinois, um, during, like, kind of, like, the recession. Okay. And it's about skateboarders, but it's not about skateboarding. It's about, like, their lives. Yeah. Um, and it was actually nominated for an Oscar, but it was, um, the filmmaker's name's Bing. Um, it was his way of, like, reconciling with his, like, childhood abuse. Oh. Was by filming this movie and like he filmed it with his friends. Like a lot of the early footage is just like, like kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really well done. It's very depressing. I felt really sad after watching oh, it. Yeah, I don't doubt. Um, and then 2019 is a Korean film called Parasite. I have not seen this. I want to so badly. Too. I've heard this movie's amazing. I have as well. It's um, another like horror type movie. Yeah. So so maybe we'll do it for a movie night. That would be a good movie night. Yeah. Um, Couple ones that we didn't put on this list that I thought the be... realist didn't put on the list. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not the realist. That's the realist. Um, a couple of other big ones. I think that I want to mention, and then if you have any others, we can talk mm-hmm. about those. Uh, Moonlight. And yeah. I made a note. I remember that time with the Oscars, where they announced that La La Land won yeah. best film, and it was actually Moonlight uh-huh. the entire time. Yeah, Moonlight is an amazing movie. Um, what we do in the shadows. Yep. That's probably my favorite movie of the decade. Uh-huh. Do I think it's the biggest? Absolutely not. Is it my favorite? Yes. Um, and then I actually wrote this down because I thought this one was really interesting to see the evolution of things that have happened post this documentary coming out, uh, put down Blackfish. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good one to put down because it did expose, um, like, SeaWorld. Yeah. And it's really been interesting to see the aftermath of this documentary. Because, like, everybody and their mother has heard about this. You may not have seen it, but you know what it's about. And you know, like, what it... What they've been doing. What's come out because of this. Yeah. So, if for some reason you don't know, Blackfish is a documentary about the orca at mm-hmm. SeaWorld that killed that trainer all those yep. years ago. And the treatment of that orca and the general orcas of SeaWorld. And it's kind of become a thing now that they no longer have them performing in shows. Do they have them at all anymore? Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know if they have orcas anymore. I think they probably do. Um, but they keep them basically in, like, swimming pools. Yeah, they're no longer in, like, performances or anything like that. No. Um, and it's meant... The movie was meant to show, like, the abuse of the animals at SeaWorld, and it's... There's actually been some, like, drastic changes to come since that movie came out. Yeah, I mean, obviously still not enough. They shouldn't have... I mean, SeaWorld's its own issue. Yeah. Um, okay. So, right before we move on, I do want to talk about, um... Like two huge actors finally getting Oscars. <laughs> um, so okay. first of all, like Leonardo DiCaprio finally got an Oscar in the twenty. Why did he not get one before that? But also, why was it not for Inception? Um, he finally got his first Oscar what, like three years ago. It was for the ago. art, the the movie yeah. where he's like in the Arctic or yeah. something like the that. The movie that made him like a climate change activist. Yeah. Um, yes Oh you you, you you don't mean That Al Gore Is an inconvenient <laughs> truth Made of a climate change activist And then Gary Ullman also Got his first act or His first Oscar For what I don't even think I knew um, he didn't have J. An, Edgar Oh Or is it just called Edgar Um Put that one I know what movie You're talking about Um Okay So Were there any movies That you Think are highly ta- Important Beyond what we've talked about No Um I mean No I think we covered most of the movies that I. Yeah, really that you would have talked about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into TV. So, let's just start off with talking about how like big TV has been in the 2010s. It's huge, um, especially with we saw the up. We obviously saw, like the development of streaming as we know it. Yeah, and then the is streaming what? services having quality television. Yeah. Um. So original television. Original oh. television. Yeah. So I think for a long time, um, there was a stigma that TV actors are not as... Important. Important, as... or as not, like... TV is where you go when you're not a great actor. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I've heard that said before, and I've read it before, where, like, gr- great actors do movies, okay actors do TV. Yeah. Um, but in the 2010s, we really saw a lot of actors do both. Yeah. and what Or I think... we saw a... Push in the TV actor almost becoming a movie, movie actor, w- yeah, movie like, level because like they've been putting so much effort in. TV yeah, nowadays. they've they've really kind of like crossed the boundary, and I think it's interesting because obviously like a TV show is a longer commitment. Yeah, but we've seen that we're we're no longer seeing like long commitment TV shows. We're seeing anthologies, shorter series, more a lot more similar to the British style of watching TV shows where it's like yeah. two or three seasons done. Um, 18 episodes total. <laughs> or they change. So the we're seeing platform. a lot of like movie actors come to TV and a lot of TV actors like blow up because of the rise of television, like the yeah. quality of television um, increasing so significantly. So let's start off with one series that people will probably argue is one of the biggest series of all time. Um, but it started in the late 2000s and it will finish in... It it did finish in the early 2010s. Uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like, people still talk about Breaking Bad. I have fucking Breaking Bad artwork in my apartment. People still talk about Breaking Bad. I never finished Breaking Bad, and that's like, I, a huge I, thing. I watched it and I didn't care for it. But I know it's still like one of the biggest TV shows of all time. I never got past season two. Um, it's a huge point of contention with pretty much anyone that finds that out about me. Yep, same. <laughs> Even worse, people know I've watched the entire thing and still didn't like I, it. It's not that I didn't like it. It's oh, just I didn't a like huge it. commitment. It was fine. I didn't care for it. I didn't want to like. It was fine. It was a huge commitment. I just didn't want to bother. I don't. I think the hype was too high, but also I'm not into that kind of TV show. So I get it. I'm not really either, to be honest. At this point, like I've noticed that I do better with like shorter um, length shows and shorter series. Yeah. Um. And shorter seasons in general. Like if I can do a 30 minute show that has like 10 episodes, sick, easy, easy. I can do that. Or preferably, if they're twenty three minutes long, and you can sit down on the couch and watch an entire season in three hours. If they're twenty three minutes long, six episodes per season, <laughs> aka if they are Letterkenny. Let <laughs> um I mean, speaking of that, let's like get into Letter and like internet TV at this. Well, do you want to talk about like TV, TV, and then yeah, sorry, TV? yeah. Let's we literally that. talked about one TV show. <laughs> let's talk about TV. Was Breaking Bad on TV, TV? It was on AMC? AMC. Yeah. Um, so TV, TV, um, I mean, Bob's Burgers, Bob's Burgers is so good. That's too. actually a like generic so network TV show as yeah, well. Yeah, so wholesome. Oh, it's so I good. love that show. Um, I watched The Good Place obviously and I feel like The Good Place actually kind of epitomizes what I've been talking about. They do, I think 12 episode seasons or so. Um, and they did, they're actually ending next year, um, or the season, but like they're on a hiatus right now. Um, and they didn't drag it along as long as they were getting renewed. It was like, this is the story we want to tell. We're at the end of the story. We're done. Um, and I feel like shows are doing that a little bit more instead of dragging it and then like hitting your peak where it's really good and then dragging it further and further and further just to keep being on TV and then eventually hitting a point where it's not good anymore. We're starting to see shows that are like, we have a story to tell when we're done telling it. That's it. So interesting thought about just thinking of you bringing up The Good Place, and me talking about Bob's Burgers. So, like, n- premium cable TV shows versus regular cable versus no non-cable. I don't, so like... Yeah, can you explain what premium versus regular? Premium versus is, more? like, the extra cost. So HBO, stars, oh, okay. got it. AMC would be, like, regular. And yeah, then, yeah. like, Fox, NBC, CBS, those would be, like, basic. Okay. So, like, obviously... I don't want to talk about it because I hate it, but The Office is still one of the most talked about TV series of all time. That that was on NBC. Good Place is on ABC. Um, Bob's Burgers was on Fox. And then in this decade, we also had Parks and Recreation, which was NBC. So, I mean, we got a ton of sitcoms. Yeah. Um, but not all of them are like the basic cable type deal. I mean, typically you think of sitcoms. Oh, what channel's Big Bang Theory on? That show's way Ugh. too big. I hate that, I hate show. that show. Is it still on? I think they're I hate ending. That show. I hate ending that if it's that show. not, I hate that show. Um, so I think that's Young actually shows something that popular, I want to talk about in general is that like sitcoms and TV shows as personality traits has become huge. Like people are obsessed with The Office, and it's like their personality is to just talk about The Office or like quote The Office and things like like that's a crazy. Um, that's something that we've seen a lot in, in the in this decade. People are so obsessed with the office. It's fine. I mean, I watched the other day. I mean, it's fine. I don't care one way or another. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I don't understand the obsession with it. No, it, I think agree. it's fine. There's much better sitcoms that we've seen the last ten years than the I Office. I would agree with that. Um, specifically, Parks and Recreation. So, I th- to answer your question, I think that network versus cable, or not network, um, premium cable versus cable versus like network. So net- What's, versus, like, subs, subscription yeah. uh, streaming services. Um, obviously, premium cable is going to have a bigger budget so they can do, like, outlandish, wild shows. Yeah, so I would almost argue, like, ranking of the yeah, I wildness. Mean, I we got, like, HBO and our stars yeah, around Showtime. the time and Showtime. Because, like, this decade we had Game of Thrones, we had American Gods, we had... Watch um, Watchmen's on right now. Westworld is another HBO. HBO is its own fall game. But yeah. then, like underneath that, I would argue is like the streaming. Because mm-hmm. like Stranger Things, Handmaid's Tale, yeah, um, Good Omens came out. So I actually have um, an interesting article I saw the other day that I just pulled up. It's from the New York Post. Um, but <laughs> the Post is such nonsense. It is okay. nonsense. But this is actually like it's kind of a fact. So for the Golden Globes twenty nineteen. Network T V. So, um Your basic. Basic cable and including it actually includes HBO. Oh. uh, And well it doesn't really sorry. Um it doesn't include HBO. But network television, um, which is what we were talking about is what basic cable is. Um were shut out of the twenty nineteen Golden Globes. I don't even know what shows they've got beyond the Good Place and SNL. I mean I don't either to be honest, but like, Netflix, uh, Hulu, Amazon, HBO, BBC, those all um, were nominated for things. FX was... What was FX nominated for? I don't know. Man, I don't know anything on FX anymore. I unless actually don't know. Unless it's it's Always Sunny, which is FXX now. Um, or American Horror so Story. For Versace, the... Oh, American Crime Story or Crime Story or whatever they're called. American Crime Story. Um, But what I think is interesting is that, like, streaming television is becoming a new level. It's actually getting up there to, I would say, like... HBO level. HBO, like, premium cable level. Like, they're putting out some shows that are on par with that. Yeah. Like, Stranger Things. That's a Netflix show. I would say that's on par. I would argue that, yeah. Not necessarily on par with, like, Game of Thrones production, um, but, like, on par with, like... Uh, I would put it, it on par with like Watchmen or yeah. like um, American Horror Story. Yeah, like any well, other Horror stories, like FX, I guess. Yeah, um, something like that. What's the show I'm thinking about? True Detective. Oh yeah, um,
1: yeah. That, that I, show's had
0: its ups and downs this decade yeah. too. Yeah. Um, we're seeing reboots on reboots on reboots for TVs. TV shows. Like, every show from, like, the 90s and early 2000s is getting rebooted. They did 90210 again. Full House. Oh, Fuller House, yeah. They just rebooted Charmed. Um, I don't like that. I'm not pleased with that, and I will not watch it. (laughs) So even about that. They rebooted Roseanne briefly. Yeah, that went real well. Um, Arrested Development got rebooted on Netflix. Did you know that there's a MacGyver TV show right now? I'm looking at the same as they (laughs) were. Of course. The X Files was rebooted. They only did one season, right? Twilight Zone. Uh, They did two seasons. Okay. I actually want to see Star Trek, Gilmore Girls, Veronica Mars. Okay, time out though. They've never not rebooted the Star Star Trek TV show. Um, Veronica Mars, Queer Eye was rebooted. Prison Break. Twin Peaks was rebooted. I haven't seen the newest season of Twin Peaks yet, but I want to. Apparently Battlestar Galactica was rebooted. Oh yeah, from like, no, that was in the 2000s, so ignore that.
1: There's Samurai Jack.
0: Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Will and Grace came back. I don't think I knew they brought back Gilmore Girls. I've never watched original Gilmore Girls. Woo, Gilmore Girls. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's... The reboot thing is crazy. I, don't I mean, know we've seen so a lot amazing. of that. We saw a lot of that in movies as well. Yeah. Um, People are out of ideas for original content at yeah, this point. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. So, streaming services has... It's been kind of crazy in the 2010s. We oh my god, there's are been so many. We have Hulu. Everyone has Hulu and Netflix and Amazon. Um, and now Disney Plus is out. And I feel like there's a lot of channels that are like creating their own streaming. That's platform. been. I, I would argue that's like the, the new, death. The new point this that we're like heading to of- every single network is building their own streaming service, which is no different than us having cable. No, hundred percent. Like, it's Um, not going to last. There's an article from CNBC that talks about how nearly 7% of Disney Plus users with Netflix plan to cancel Netflix. Um, This is based on a Bank of America survey of over 1,000 Americans. That's not that many of Americans. No, it's not. But (laughs) it's not a great sample size. Um, That's really not that many people. But, (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not canceling Netflix. I I use somebody else's Netflix. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, right now we, we... technically have between our shared yeah netflix hulu amazon hbo well we have hbo go we have disney Disney plus Plus. do we have anything else you have shutter don't you oh i do have shutter shutter is a different ball game though yeah um yeah i think those are all the things yeah yeah that sounds right That's a lot of streaming services have, um... I also have access To a cable account Where yeah. I can get onto All of the cable networks If I want them Yep um, So it's just kind of Getting crazy Like it's so difficult so, To watch TV now. I, I mean, was it's... actually super mad When Disney Plus Was <laughs> announced And then Now I got it And I love it It's like easy So it's easy to watch things But it's also so difficult now Because like there's So many different services Like I barely use Half of them Yeah um, It's just kind of crazy yeah, it is. It's intense and kind of overwhelming when you think about it. All right, let's get into actual um, shows, big TV shows. Okay, there's not that many that we want. We're going to talk about no, but I, there's a couple that are obviously very important. Yep. Um, we may have our opinions about how this one ended, but we have to admit, and I still want to do a full episode about it. That I would say this is the most influential TV show of the it's decade. It's the show of the decade. It really I is. would say. Yeah. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, and you can say that... I would say it's the show of the decade. Mainly because it brought... Like, everybody watched the show. Yeah, like, everybody. Everybody. And everybody was into the show. Regardless of the fact that it was a fantasy, um, like, sci-fi... Not sci-fi, but, like, fantasy... Yeah, fantasy fiction. fantasy story. Um, it... Everybody watched it. And then, like and if you didn't watch it, you had, like, an opinion as to why you didn't watch it. It's like the Twilight debate. Yeah. You were either really into it or really against it, but you were still revolving around Twilight. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think it's it's crazy that, like, this span across so many different, like... Interest levels oh, Everybody yeah. watched it Everybody watched it Everybody watched it It was probably one of the most Talked about shows I feel like and, as like, well the, That's why The Unifying shows like, Oh yeah Everybody watched Game of Thrones Everybody like sat down When the season started To watch it Yeah um, And if you didn't Then you were Yelling about why you weren't Yeah but then it was always super interesting to like, go into the office on Monday after an episode would air, and people would be very direct, like "You cannot talk about this. I have not seen it yet." Like people were so serious about it. Yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember people be like, "No, don't tell me. Don't talk to. Don't talk to me about it. Like I don't want to hear. I haven't watched it yet." Um, they wouldn't avoid going on social media for yeah. days at a time because they knew that it would be all Game of Thrones talk. Yeah, and I. I think it's really interesting too because it's like consistently the worst kept secrets for this oh like the show yeah. had the worst kept secrets oh yeah um, everything between like out. leaks and just people taking photos of like people on set um yeah it like there were spoilers everywhere and it was impossible to, to like avoid oh. it during season eight like you couldn't go on reddit because people were just, like, posting spoilers and comments or, like, Everywhere. on Twitch, people were just, like, throwing spoilers and comments, like, anywhere that they could, on Instagram comments, like, yeah. anywhere, um, there were, there were spoilers. Yeah, I think this show, while it, it hit its peak, it yeah. also went from, like, peak best yeah. TV show yeah. ever to a very quick oh my god what if I wasted my life on train wreck yeah at the very end yes um and that's I mean I think it's pretty pretty well pretty well agreed upon that that was kind of a waste of time but Um, also like Bran get the fuck out listen John Snow's gonna be real pissed when he finds out that Bran is also king of Chernobyl (laughs) (laughs) that's still one of the best things you've ever said (laughs) uh. <laughs> but other another really big series from HBO we got um that I would argue due to the train wreck that Game of Thrones became is my favorite HBO show is Westworld. That's because we haven't seen it yet. It's not a train wreck hasn't yet. Seen a train wreck yet because Bran hasn't become King of Westworld. Bran's not King of Westworld yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh my god. What if Game of Thrones is just a world inside of Westworld? Just one of the theme parks. Listen, um, don't give anyone any ideas. HBO, if you're listening, shout out to HBO. <laughs> shout out to HBO. <laughs> um, I think that it's part of that is because we have not like Westworld hasn't had the chance yet to become to become terror. a train wreck. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting though because I fucking hate Dolores. In Westworld I love her I love I that her. show Nah I hated her originally But She's man That awful. show so good That show was very good I um I didn't watch it For a long time I think I like Randomly I didn't watch it When it came out Cause like They had They dropped a trailer For it like Right after Game of Thrones Season 7 at Yeah At some point I think so yeah um, And I think I Waited a couple weeks A couple months after To watch it When it was all up On HBO Um And like Binged it one night like, well, one weekend, just, like, laid in bed and just watched that and only that for a while. It's, it's good. So I like good. it a lot. Um, for some reason, that, us talking about that reminds me of, like, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I actually think it's probably a good thing to talk about. Um, so if we move into, like, Netflix world, yeah. uh, Black Mirror. Yeah. Because, like, I completely forgot about that when i was making notes for this i really like black mirror especially cuz it's standalone so you can just watch whatever you want out of order and i the enjoy episodes that. don't overlap with each other I it doesn't enjoy, matter i enjoy that you can find something that's interesting to you and then just watch it and it's that show is so heavy it's so heavy it's i made the mistake of binge watching season 2 oh, no. season 2 is super heavy and i like sat in my apartment and cried for two days <laughs> afterwards cuz like it was bad yeah that's a mistake we also got Stranger Things. Um, I think that's my favorite streaming show. I would say so as well. Um, just a good show all around. It's we very, did, did entire entire episode on this. Yeah, so you can just listen to that. Um, no need to really cover it other than that. Other than Steve Harrington, the best character. Steve Harrington is the best character. Um, do you have any other TV shows that you want to cover? Um, so let's briefly jump down to we had mentioned Disney Plus so I think we have to discuss this a little bit because I think it's going to have a major cultural impact beyond this year. Similarly to the Star Wars chat we were having earlier I mean Disney Plus the first thing they released was the Mandalorian Which I think has become a cultural phenomenon at this point. It's because of Baby Yoda. It's literally Baby Yoda. It's People Baby Yoda. don't watch the show. I haven't watched it yet, and I love Baby Yoda. We've talked about this, I just haven't gotten around to it. I have Disney Plus. I have your Disney Plus. Yeah. You have your own page on my I just Disney haven't Plus. haven't gotten around to it Did I've you know watching, they're making a Baby Yoda, Yoda icon for Disney Plus now? Oh no, that's cute. Um, I've been watching Boy Meets World. <laughs> That checks out. And recess, <laughs> recess is fun to rewatch. Um, yeah, no, it's like so. I think that was a very smart drop on their part. Oh yeah. Obviously, we're getting a ton of Marvel shows that are going to drop on there. We'll see how those do. Um, but the Mandalorian, Sebastian Stan though. I know, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> um. We'll see how they do. Um but The Mandalorian was a very smart drop because it became such a cultural phenomenon and is becoming a cultural phenomenon. I feel like it's getting people to like to, uh, to purchase Disney Plus just to see what what's going on and what it's about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um so very smart move on their part in my opinion. I think that once the Marvel shows come out we'll get a lot more people that are were like holding out that'll mm-hmm. subscribe to it. But Yeah, for sure. Um and people. it's actually honestly like pretty reasonably priced. Well, you can get, a, get it in a package with Hulu, so... Yeah, it's like Hulu and ESPN for, like, 15 bucks. Yeah, we fucked up and didn't do that, but... Well, it's like Hulu with ads. Nah, it's worth paying those $3 <laughs> to not get the ads. Right. Um, the other thing I made note of, and it was a last-minute, like, thought, because I remember it being super popular when I was in college. uh uh-huh. Um, you remember all those, like, MTV reality yeah. shows? my sister used to watch Teen Mom... Yeah, like Teen Mom, Mom too. and then, like, Catfish was yeah. super popular, and Jersey Shore was super That was super around popular. the time that, like, MTV, like, full-on just stopped playing music, and it was just TV. It was just reality TV. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of those MTV reality TV shows, I mean, obviously, they've kind of crashed and burned since then, yeah. but, like, I think it was really interesting to see, like, an era where, like, that was so popular. I don't really the understand. Teen Mom girls inter- did, like... A paid interview at michigan state when i was there like you could pay money to go see them talk ew i don't really understand um what the i
1: don't draw understand what the appeal was, was for these
0: shows like was it because they were trashy was it because the people were messes like was it actually interesting i don't know i never really watched i them. never watched any of them i just remember that being like a huge thing yeah and then the other reality-type show that's been super popular this decade has been The Fucking Bachelor. Well, the I mean, has been always, popular for a long I time. I feel like The Bachelor has reached a new level of popularity. I feel like we've had this conversation before where, like, all of a sudden everybody's talking about The Bachelor. Like, I knew it was a thing. Like, I remember it being a thing in, like, the early 2000s. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, I feel like all of a sudden everybody and their mother watches The Bachelor. Or and The I Bachelorette. Or, and I don't get it. Like, I don't want to watch somebody date 12 girls I don't know what it has become but like, I don't it, it has been appeal. you know what I mean like it is like exponentially blown up yeah, this decade everybody watches it and I don't understand the appeal. like why would you want to be on that show for one I actually know uh, a girl I went to college with her sister <laughs> was on it that's weird I know that's super weird I don't wanna be fighting with twelve other girls over a guy. No, I hate the I hate the premise. I hate, I hate everything about it. I don't want twelve guys fighting over me. That's exhausting. But also, like people have bachelor like fantasy football type things. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. People are insane. I hate it. I don't understand it. Thanks. I hate it. Um Do you have right. anything else to complain about before we wrap this? No. I mean yeah, but no, not really. No. <laughs> Let it go. I can't think I'm sure I do I just can't think of any um yeah I can't think of anything else I want to complain about that's fair I've already complained about my issue with people being obsessed with sitcoms and making it their personalities complained about Game of Thrones complained about The Bachelor I think that's the trifecta right there yep oh uh, we do have to talk about the best tv show of the decade because we mentioned it and didn't talk about it Letter, Kenny. So that goes back to the streaming thing, yes. because that's only available well, in the U.S. on yeah. Hulu. Yes. Um, it is a Canadian show, available in Canada, and then Hulu picked it up, and it kind of blew up once Hulu picked it up. I and think once Hulu started working with them, it really became a new level, because like, that's another one where it's slowly becoming, like, everybody I know is watching. Yeah. Like Kenny. Um, agreed. And from what I understand, they're actually like trying out the the premise in like other countries really uh-huh hmm. um yeah no letter kenny is incredible um, it's hilarious best show of the decade controversial opinion but not really not really it's so good it's so good it's so good so i think that about covers everything visual media for this episode yeah so it's uh we can think of. for now for now Stay tuned for final thoughts, listen through the song, and hear some more words. (laughs) So for final thoughts this week, um, we just kind of wanted to cover off on some general things that happened um, in this decade. Yeah, so one of these I know for sure is kind of heavy, but we're just going to talk about it and mention that it was a big thing that happened. Yes. Let's, Let's
1: talk with... about that
0: one first and then okay. yeah, get yeah, into yeah. the lighter one. Uh, we had the Me Too movement, and in general we had a very a, a large um, like t- magnifying glass on sexual assault. Yep, especially um, within the, entertainment, within the industry. entertainment industry, but also that's really kind of led into the... Normal, Out of everyday life. Yeah, um, there has been more, like more of a dialogue about sexual assault and sexual harassment, abuse and harassment, um, and it's really the first time I feel like people are being open about their experiences and understanding that, unfortunately, it's happening to a lot of people. Oh, it happens to a lot of people. Um, um, I think with this specifically, it's been a really big eye opener. I mean, not. To me specifically, but other people I've talked to were like, I never knew so many people. This was always something that was like talked about, Mm -hmm. but it was never something that like you realize that like... How many people affected, like close to you have been affected by it. Um, And the Me Too movement specifically was in reference to you have had this happen to you or you you know know someone someone that has. Yeah. Um, And then alongside that, we have had um, like an upsurge of men coming out about sexual abuse. Yep. Which is kind of rare and hasn't really been something in the past. That's um, been talked about. That's been talked about because it's... There's, like, a stigma behind it. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing a lot of, like, breakdown as far as, like, gender roles and masculinity and femininity... Yeah. Um, play in this. Yep. Um, <clears throat> We have... Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the biggest thing yeah. as far as the entertainment industry goes. Yeah. Um, and then on a lighter note... <laughs> you remember when the, we thought the world was going to end in 2012? Um, I, mean, I don't mean we specifically, but I mean as a society, there was listen, a lot of talk. We thought the world would end in 2012, but have you been happy since? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We all supposedly didn't die in 2012... But have you felt alive since then? No. You know what I I believe? That's when the birds got replaced. (laughs) That's the world that ended in 2012. Have you felt alive since 2012? Inside? No. Maybe we did die. And just like internally. (laughs) Wow. And we thought that first one was going to be dark. (laughs) That's actually a me myself. (laughs) I can't take credit for like having thought of that. I'm not that funny. (laughs) You should have just claimed it. Also... Bram being king of Chernobyl was not, it was a meme about my sauce. Wow. Are you fucking kidding me? When were you gonna tell me that? I didn't realize you didn't know. No! I didn't realize you thought I came up with that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until earlier. Tonight. Leave! I literally. <laughs> leave! The door is that way. You have betrayed <laughs> my friendship for a long time. I didn't know until today, like 20 minutes ago, that you thought I came up with that. I told you as soon as I found out. I thought you knew. You have betrayed my trust. (laughs) I could never look at you the same again. Oh, God. On that note... um... That was the episode. (laughs) So, um, after you listen to this, you should... Comment on our Instagram post about your favorite movie and or TV show from the last decade. And you should also comment about whether or not Lindsay's been a lying bitch to me for the last (laughs) several months. (laughs) All right, guys. um, We will see you next decade. See you in 2020. I hate it. All right. Bye.